Welcome, friends, to Tanked Up, the podcast about video games and beer. I'm one of your hosts, Ben. It's episode 277. I am here once again with Lucy. Hi there, Ben. Hey. Hello. And we have a returning Adam. Hello. Hey. I have returned. It's becoming more and more frequent now. It's terrifying. Yes. <laughs> that's fine that's fine Good. i mean we're, we're at some point and i know when you first appeared we got you on and you did try out a couple of um kind of beers that you were able to sort of sort of you know from the from the supermarket or, or, or wherever you kind of got them from but i imagine that our beer chat is just wearing you down more <laughs> and more each week and one day one day we'll find a beer for you i mean if if adel who's sadly not with us is plan comes to fruition then yes that is what will happen because he'll discover what it is <laughs> and he'll send it to me exactly uh, yeah but until then i'm stuck with my customary pepsi <laughs> at this point uh, perfect other soft perfect. drinks are available <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> good good if you don't join us on twitch usually come and join in the conversation with us come and have some beers chat about some video games we are here each and every week normally on a Tuesday. I had to push it to a Wednesday this week. And mm-hmm. I did finish last week's episode by saying we were having Callum uh, back on this week. But but I killed him. I... <laughs> 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 Just so you could come on again. Uh, no, because I changed the day, he couldn't do uh, the evening instead. So he's going to be on next week, hopefully, when we're back on a, on a Tuesday evening. So as we do every week, we'll jump into our beers first. Lucy, what are you opening I am opening one of the beers. Let's see which one is the more appropriate one to open. I'm going to drink a beer from Moon Moonwake. That's almost a Moonwake. Moon Waker? Moonwake. <laughs> moon no, Walker? not Moonraker. Not a James Bond film. Um, I was thinking. I was. Moonwake. I was thinking more of the Michael Jackson nineteen ninety two absolutely insane film. Moon don't speak of that Walker, I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! <laughs> How much did he spend on that? Like the one with Janet Jackson video? Was it Scream? Wasn't it like the most expensive? I mean, it probably still is. Uh, more than any Game of Thrones episode ever made. Like, just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, more than any like Marvel film costing <laughs> um, cost. Let's have a look. Give us some facts. Seven million in 1995. Well, that's like four billion now, isn't it? So that's yeah. <laughs> anyway, Moonwake Beer Company, who who are a new one for me. Mm. Um, I like the their can design. It may be coming up as black on the screen, but it's actually like a deep navy blue, okay. um, contrasted with uh, orange. Um, it's a 5% IPA. Uh, there is some flavour text. Um, it says, packed full of citrus and pine flavours from Southern Cross and Chinook, rounded off with German malts and dextrin for hoppy, bittersweet punch. Um, that's... It yeah Southern Southern X and um, or Cross <laughs> I like that it says Southern Cross in the writing and it just says Southern X it's like the PlayStation debate is nice. it a Cross or is it X and it's definitely an X um, <laughs> and Chinook it's got it's got oats in it so 
hopefully a nice uh, full smooth beer. But um, scan here to discover more, so I might do that. Um, what was the What beer. was the name of it? Um, I don't know if it has a name. It might just be. It just says IPA at the bottom there, mm. so I don't know if uh, it actually has a name. Maybe they're new and it's just like we have one IPA at this point, so um, we've just called it IPA. Uh, Original. You think they would have more names yeah. if they were new? <laughs> All the names have been used. We're getting ridiculous. <laughs> we're getting ridiculous names. But it's from Scotland, so. Representing. Nice. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna scan this little. Little um, QR code, see what's mm. going on. Cool. Probably best to do that before I open it. So yes. Before I spill it everywhere. <laughs> doing a deal. Good. You do that. Scan your code, pour your beer, and I will let you know what I'm drinking. Uh, I'm coming almost halfway to, to Scotland. Um, nah, not good enough. Not, not, I'm, not, I'm not quite there. <laughs> How damn um, mute you, Ben? <laughs> yeah. Drinking a Pomona Island. We're in Salford. Um, talking of ridiculous names, this beer is called The Man with the Four Way Hips. Um, it's a 4.8% pale ale. Um, street level, down in the ground. You can't miss it, so check this out. Double dry hop pale, citra, mosaic, Eldorado, strata. That's everything they give us. So it does have oats in. Mm-hmm. Um, I only know that because it's on the list of allergens. Uh, again, I don't know how the can comes over. Very, very blue, actually. Um, so it's maybe not quite as navy as, as Lucy's, um, but Pomona, mm. nice simple can art, uh, you know, every every single time. Um, so let's crack this open. And Lucy, I imagine that you've poured, you've 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 scanned, you know what's going on. I have. You've, you've, I've you've scanned. read through the entire history of Moonwake uh, beer. <laughs> yeah, and it is just called IPA. Um, Fair enough. At least it uh, does what it says on the tin. Then. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. Um, I want to see when they were established, because you haven't heard of them, have you, Ben? No, um, I haven't. Hmm. Where on... I have been a bit lax on the um, socials in, in terms of mm. sort of like following uh, and, and keeping up with kind of like new breweries and things over the last couple of weeks. So I, I do need a, an hour or so on all the different channels to um, to jump on and jump back in with follows and things um yeah. so it'll be uh, I, will, I will look for them at some point yeah but it does seem like they are very new because all their all their range that i can see um yeah they're literally just called ipa pale ale <laughs> <laughs> lager so <laughs> it's likely that they have just one of those but um about here we go give us a lowdown leaf shore you know who that is? No. No idea. Uh, I want to see. East coast, this, this west is, coast, this... south, north, highlands. I'm lowlands. not an atlas, Ben. <laughs> I may have a phone with, you know, Google Maps on it, but we're not going to do that. Are we? I thought you were a um, geo-guesser champion, mate. You should, you should just know a name and you know exactly where it is these days. <laughs> Haven't haven't landed in Scotland just as yet. No. As far as north, I've actually well in this country that I've ended up is uh, is Jarrow in Newcastle. Okay. Um, what the bollards like up in Newcastle? Like, yes. Um, <laughs> just 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 
ripped out of the ground and fallen over, I imagine. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, th- I think that I'll have to look when they, when they were established. But anyway, the beer. Mm. It looks like a traditional IPA. Looks like it sort of, sort of looks like a West Coast IPA, which is actually what I'm drinking next from okay. someone else. But uh, it's very very cloudy. It looks like it looks like cloudy apple juice. That's like either very very pure or from concentrate apple juice. One of the two. Where it's like this has just come out of a carton or. This is like pure, just right pick, picked right off the tree kind of apple juice, but yeah, it probably looks a bit more ambery on on the on the screen, but it's, it's sort of like a deep orange color. Yeah, it's got a nice smell to it, nice fresh, slightly citrusy um, smell to it. I, I read on the the website that it's also got lemon drop hops in mm. it as well, so. That might be coming off the flavour, but yeah, very, quite subtle, but um, definitely smelling the citrus. Nice. Looks deep. Looks dark. It does. Mm-hmm. That is an old school IPA. Okay. So, as Adam said, it does do exactly <laughs> what it says on the tin, which is nice. <laughs> because you don't usually get IPAs like this anymore, because... It's really bitter. Mm. Oh yeah, that's really good. It's sort—it's it, sort of got like a—it's got that citrus at the start, but it fades away very quickly. And it's sort of got like this kind of. The bitterness is like sort of slightly metallic, but not in a, not in a bad way. Not in like oh. You know, something like mass market beer. You get that kind of tinny kind mm. of um, aftertaste. This has got a much more earthy, bitter taste to it. And it's, it's slightly... You get a slightly perfuminess. Maybe maybe that's the fruit mixing with the bitterness. Okay. But it's, it's quite dry. At the start, it, it feels like, oh, this is quite, you know, thirst quenching. And then all of a sudden, it's like... Just dries your mouth out instantly, and it makes you want to drink more. Um, but it, but it is really nice. As I say, it's like a classic IPA, but there's there's something about it where it's where it does have that kind of like I don't know how to explain it. Where it's it, the bitterness isn't overwhelming. You still it, it, it lasts and it lingers in the in the taste, but. It isn't like, oh, this is just bitterness mm. and nothing else. Okay. Where sometimes I think some West Coast IPAs can just be like very bitter and not have a lot else going for mm. them. Hmm. Yeah, just like just like the first bit of the taste, it is really thirst quenching. It's quite wet, but then. I think it's that bitterness, that lasting bitterness that, maybe not instantly, but I think it gradually dries, dries um, your mouth out and you just want to sit more, but it's really well balanced. It's it's a good beer. It's it, I, I'll be looking for more of their beers. I mean, I saw a lager, pale ale, all career opportunities. Uh, 
<laughs> so, 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 Beer so, Namer, yeah. yeah, I think is probably number one on that career <laughs> opportunity. Yeah, but yeah, that's that's an old school life here. Seldom get those anymore. Mm. Okay, so they have a lager, a pale ale, IPA, and a milk stout. Mm. And that looks like it. Nice. So, but yeah. Perfect. Perfect. I miss beers like these. Mm-hmm. We do need more. I miss we do need bitter more. IPAs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> really good. Good. Um, I'll jump into the Pomona Island. Uh, it, it, it's very light. Um, it's super hazy. It's you know almost a block of colour. You barely, barely see through that. Mm. Uh, it frothed a lot, and I I don't think that's down to the beer. It's probably more to the bumpy car ride back earlier from mm-hmm. the shop. Um, but you know I, I only poured maybe a third, and it, it frothed sort of most of the way up. And it, with each pour, it it kept sort of um, kept its fizz to it. We don't get even though it has this you know big head and stuff you don't get any of that it's not that carbonated at all in the in the flavor it's very light but i'm getting some nice flavors through straight away and that is mm-hmm. kind of all it's doing i'll try and describe those flavors but there's not much more going on apart from this nice mix of of, of different tastes uh, um, running through the, the, the sort of the full um yeah, I was very tempted to pick up a Ponoma, uh, Ponoma Island last time I went to the beer shop. Mm. I was like, I haven't had one of those in a while. So it's it's interesting. It's it's mm. got those sort of very light, very sort of sweet but slightly dialed back tropical fruits in there. Maybe a little bit kind of not sort of not necessarily kind of like watermelony. But it, 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 it's, it's got a little bit of that to it. There's maybe a little bit of orange in there as well. Um, I think the strata is, is, and the oats is giving it this nice sort of creaminess to it as well. So in, in the body, even though it's only about four and a bit, 4.8, um, it's not big bodied. Um, it's quite light, but it's not thin. And and there's just you know those those oats and maybe the straws just kind of adding to that creamy sort of mouthfeel, and and kind of flavour to it as well. But it's very very easy. I, I can't remember which beer I had recently as well, which had this slight kind of bubblegummy uh, flavour to it as well. And this definitely has a, a, a little bit of that sort of this candy kind of sweetness in there as well. Um, I don't know what the Eldorado's doing. Uh, I, I, mm. With Eldorado, I kind of expect a bit more of a bigger kind of kind of flavour. Um, but I'm not getting kind of much on that. I think it may give me a little bit more as I drink it. Um, and it kind of unfolds, perhaps, and then sort of you know, halfway through the can, I might start to get something on the back end. But at the moment, it's just this kind of initial, very sweet tropical light uh, fruity flavor kind of coming through it's I try and describe those mix of fruits um, as I have done but it's almost kind of edging on um, like lilt if anyone remembers lilt I don't even know if that exists anymore um, I don't know but I, don't but I don't remember the last time I've seen the can of it yes yes 
um, which is again maybe orangey, maybe a touch of pineapple in there. Um, this it yeah. definitely feels like it's got maybe something sort of very light and sweet like watermelon as well. So that's kind of what I'm getting from it in this sort of initial taste. So yeah, very nice, very easy, um, quite dry for a lighter mm. beer. Um, I, I I don't know whether I'm just expecting it to last. A, a little bit longer than it does um, but it, it kind of hits you with this nice light and refreshing sort of flavor but fades into this dryness quite quickly mm. uh, which is which is okay. surprising but but quite good because yeah, i'm yeah. instantly kind of going back to it um yeah i think with my beer it, it, it is dry but i think i my palate has just become accustomed to it mm. and it's got a bit of a longer finish and it's like not trying to not going back for it as soon as I was before, so maybe, maybe you'll warm up. To yeah, it, yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, and these, yeah, I I, I picked the, both of these beers up earlier today. Both were in the fridge. Both went straight into my fridge, probably towards the back. So they maybe you know sat something like five degrees or something. And they, you know, I got them straight from the fridge to bring them up. So they've been sat here for you know twenty minutes maybe. Um, so yeah, they're, they're maybe not at their kind of optimum, you know, six six to eight or something like that. But maybe a little bit sort of lighter. So yeah, it may uh, just present a little bit more as um, as the evening mm. goes on. So they are what Lucy and I are drinking this evening. Uh, Adam, you were you were on the Pepsi again? Did you say? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> My customary Pepsi. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, One day he's going to surprise us and bring a Coca-Cola or something. <laughs> I was expecting the Smirnoff and, and Dr Pepper for the uh, for the evening. I mean, I can maybe do that in a couple of weeks' time. Nice. Uh, good. Good. When 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 will we get you back on? I, we did say the last time um, that we would um, get you back for the. Um, Ghost of Tsushima expansion, which comes out in mm-hmm. the next couple of days. Oh, um, yeah. uh, again, which which none of us have, have played. Um, no, well, we don't have an endless story. <laughs> yeah. we, well, I've tried. Yeah. I've tried. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so... If uh, you can't get in the end with something, to be honest... <laughs> Yeah. If I'm not careful, they're likely to break my PlayStation. You might you? No. <laughs> yes, that's, that's what I'm expecting. Um, as soon as I hit that, what is it, upgrade to the director's uh. cut edition, and then I have to download probably the entire game um, as a digital version rather than the disc I've got. But I've still probably got to have the disc in to authenticate the digital version that I've upgraded from or some bullshit like that. Uh. I'll probably play it. It will yeah. suddenly go and just take off through my <laughs> roof out into the sky like it, the Harrier jump jet it is. Yep, that wouldn't be surprising. Yeah. yeah. We need a better time to be playing that, I think, once it comes out. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, when I, when I eventually play what Horizon Zero Dawn and God of War and that thing, it'll just... <laughs> It'll just it'll just absorb into like a black hole. And it'll just, it's like, can't do it. Sorry. It's been so fast. You've, you've you've actually worked out how to get just a just unlimited energy uh, yeah. forever. You just need to harness it's, it's it like in some way. It's like a hydrogen collider or yeah. something like that. And it's just yeah. I can now make water out of air. <laughs> <laughs> 
Thanks, Sony. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for saving the planet, Sony. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we will uh, we will kick off talking about kind of the the, the games that we have played over the last uh, week. Um, Adam, I know through our chats, um, you haven't had much chance to play anything kind of new. Yeah, I've I played a bit more of uh, Samurai Wars Five, but mm. uh, I spent most of the last week or so uh, procrastinating my way into a hole <laughs> uh, <laughs> by doing nothing of any use whatsoever to anybody apart from I wrote a couple of decent things to be fair, but they mm. haven't come out yet. But uh, but yeah, I could have played a lot more of Samurai Wars Five and didn't because that would have been productive. <laughs> <laughs> and that didn't that didn't fit with the schedule apparently. Uh, brain was in a weird place doing that. Um, but I have played some more of it, and I've kind of settled on my the the two main things that you know that I'm I'm not gelling with with the game. You know, we talked about it the last time I was on. I was kind of mm-hmm. still trying to really pin down exactly what it was that that I wasn't quite yeah you know, yeah gelling with like it and. In that way, even though I was enjoying the game, and I've still got, I'll, I'll come back to write about it, but I've still got plenty of the kind of story stuff in that to get through. Mm. I want to finish kind of most of that stuff off before I then sit down and do a. Here's my final thoughts on everything that the game does. It's kind of article, uh, but yeah, the, the the two things I settled on is stuff I think it brought up. The the first one being uh, the lack of impact and some of the combat. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a that disconnect where some of the hits don't feel like they're landing and actually hitting anything. Um, you, when you take damage in the game a lot of the time, it doesn't really register until you look at the health bar and go, oh crap, I have less of it than I thought I did. <laughs> um, you know, the, some bits and pieces like that that don't ruin the game, but they are just a little bit... It's just that tiny bit less satisfying yeah. than it would be if I felt like I had that kind of feedback in it mm. um, and the other thing is um, uh, again I think I mentioned that kind of going through the levels it doesn't really like e- each battle or like arcade kind of kind of style stages that are all set up and um, and you sort of play through them and they've got objectives laced through them and stuff and it doesn't really reward you for like clearing the battlefield of enemies in the way that kind of the older one, a lot of the older kind of warrior style games did, uh, or at least the way I played them did. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're they're kind of they're a bit more focused on having you kind of go through the objectives and find the, the some of them are necessary to go through the the kind of the battle sort of as it was historically or as it is in the narrative of the game sort of style. And there are also extra objectives that are hidden from you to begin with that you have to kind of stumble across, which is like going to the right place on the map and you're like, oh, you discovered the enemy ambush before they could actually spring it on you. Uh, so you get to kill them all. <laughs> um, you know, and, you know, it rewards you in that kind of sense, but it doesn't reward you in the, in the that kind of weird... There's a weird completionist part of me that goes clear the field of enemies <laughs> like yeah. go, go clear it it doesn't really kill uh, every last yeah <laughs> it, it doesn't complete genocide <laughs> yeah because, there's like the way the, the maps are set up you know there's the different paths and stuff through things and there's there's like little uh what 
kind of like gateways where like new enemies kind of spawn into the maps mm-hmm. and you know and you can there's a, a wee character there it's like a captain or whatever or a gate captain or whatever they're called and if you defeat them your side sort of takes it over and then it's your allies that kind of spawn in like and it's just the you know the 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 regular soldiers and stuff like that it doesn't really matter that much but you know, like taking those over and stuff doesn't really help <laughs> in any way. The the way the game's designed, they feel almost kind of superfluous to anything. They're just mm. kind of there because they've been a part of their kind of level design for so long. They just yeah. have them there. Whereas, you know, again, going back to like the Dynasty Wars 3 and kind of four and five days in PS2 era, which is kind of where where my heart longs to be <laughs> uh, with, yeah. when, with this stuff a lot of the time, which kind of does kind of cloud our judgment a wee bit on them. Uh, taking those over mattered because the enemies would keep coming and if they hit you, you knew about it. <laughs> mm. So, you know, clearing the field, clearing the enemies to get to those gateways to... I think in some of them you couldn't take them over, you were just like shutting them down essentially, was a kind of important facet of clearing the levels and making it so that you got through the enemies and you felt like you were winning the battle as opposed to uh, I completed some objectives. So we won, apparently. I mean, the entire map is red with the enemies, <laughs> but we win. So, because <laughs> that's that, that just doesn't sit quite right with me, but that's that's just how they kind of set up the design for it. Mm. Um, they're, they're they're focusing more on the go through the objectives and do this and that and you know uh, worry about your combo count and stuff and try and get that as high as possible and defeat as many enemies as possible and all that. But it's not really focusing in on the actually clearing the stage or anything like that, which is just different and it's that's an aspect of it that I'm not as keen on as. Uh, maybe the developers would hope, I would imagine. Um, but it doesn't ruin the game or anything. It's still still a good fun time when you're actually sitting down and playing it and wrecking your way through everybody. Um, does Does Samurai Warriors feel... Because they're on their fifth game, whereas what, Dynasty Warriors is on its like ninth or, or potentially tenth? You know, uh, kind of taking out kind of spin-offs and all of those yeah, kinds of things. The, Does Samurai Warriors feel a little bit more kind of experimental? Uh, like, they're, they're trying out kind of new things that, that may then feature maybe more in the in the Dynasty Warriors kind of series, because I, I think you'd be not hard-pressed to find people who hadn't heard of Dynasty Warriors, but it, it feels like Dynasty Warriors is a much bigger... IP than say Samurai Warriors is from kind of what you're saying with all of these little implementations and things like that it sounds like they're trying things out trying to kind of refine the new sort of or a different style of play because I I remember the last Dynasty Warriors game got a lot of flack for certain changes that it had made yeah well yeah in terms of the num the main line numbered games uh, th- there is a lot more in terms of spin-offs and stuff but mm. in terms of the mainline numbered games Dynasty Warriors would be the bigger franchise uh, not not 100% sure why necessarily apart from maybe Just it was first. longer running perhaps uh, possibly uh, 
It's also maybe a slightly better known time period, and that might mm-hmm. be why. I, I just wanna, or maybe they just happened to release a game at just the, the right moment one year or whatever, yeah. and that's it. It hit the zeitgeist in a way that Samurai Wars hasn't had the chance to. I can't really speak to that. Uh, mm. I, I stumbled across them uh, through my uncle, who happened to have one of them, and then I played them from there, sort of thing. Yeah, uh, you know, being younger at the time, so I don't really, I wasn't up to date with the goings on in the industry or anything at the time. But, but it's one of those. Um, the one of the misconceptions with those games is that they're all the same, and they're not because, as you were saying, Ben, like, I don't think any. They don't necessarily feel experimental, but pretty much every single game has had at least one kind of specific thing that they've changed in them mm. um, again I can't talk too much about that in terms of Samurai Warriors because I haven't really played any of the previous ones um, but like the way the Dynasty Warriors games have ran is the, the you know they've changed them up every single time so mm-hmm. three focused on you. Uh, the, the, the story mode was you play the character and you went through seven stages with that character uh, which, you know, had a combination of a couple of battles at the beginning that it tended to be one or the other of kind of two or three, and there was a couple of kind of end battles, and there was a few in the middle that, generally speaking, were picked based on what battles that character was actually at historically. Mm-hmm. But obviously, if you're playing as a character who dies in a battle, you're then with them still, and it would continue, so you'd still play the other battles after it, sort of thing. That's how that one was structured. Then Dynasty Wars 4 went down a more... It was um, each kingdom story that it, you went through. And as you went through each battle, you were given a selection of characters to play as. Mm-hmm. You know, that were at the battles, and then you would unlock them as you went through, kind of that way. And then you could go back and play all the way through with characters you preferred and stuff as in like a free mode or whatever, as you could in 3 as well. Then 5 went back to doing it by character but it had a lot more like in battle cutscenes and things which are relevant between actual characters and events in the battles that were relevant to the characters so like the for example there's two characters in the uh, the Wu Kingdom which is Ling Tong and Gan Ning and they go from being hating one another because Gan Ning kills Ling Tong's father when he's fighting for another side and then joins Wu later. And so they have a bit of a, you know, I hate you, know why sort of relationship until eventually one of them saves another one during a battle and then they become sort of buddies and, you know, and you get to kind of play that through in the battles in a way that you didn't have in the previous ones. Yeah. Then I think I mentioned when I was talking about this the last time I was on, Dynasty Warriors 6 completely changed the, the combat system to what yeah. okay. I think it was called the Renbu system which was um, basically the combo was an infinite loop and you had a bar that filled as you actually successfully attacked enemies and then it would drop down either over time or if you got successfully attacked and as the bar filled you got kind of more and more attacks within the combo before it looped back round so they became more and more kind of elaborate and powerful as you went through so the idea was to keep 
building up the combo, uh, mm-hmm. the, the bar all the time, and keeping that running the whole way. Uh, then 7 and 8 went back to uh, the kind of normal combat system, which is uh, a certain number of square attacks, which is normal attacks, and triangle is heavy attacks. And, you know, depending on how many times you press square and then hit triangle, you would have different attacks that you would do. Mm-hmm. Uh, it went back to... That's the kind of traditional system. That's It went back to that. Um, as well as having, again focusing more on kind of the story of the kingdoms and playing through them that way uh, and then 9 went and did two major changes where they changed the combat system and they made it open world <laughs> whereas the games <laughs> up to this point have been uh, it, the kind of the very kind of arcade style and uh, kind of the trappings of them each of the battles were stages and there's a time limit and you would get a score at the end, even though it doesn't really matter, <laughs> based on how well you did. You know, so you could, you could try and complete them faster. You could try and defeat more and more enemies. Uh, to kind of, there, there was leaderboards and stuff like that. Even though, you know, I've never really paid attention to that stuff. But th- all that stuff has been in the games. There were <laughs> it's very arcade style kind of pre- presentation as you move through. Like that's what the battles were, and then Dice of Warriors Nine made it open world. And that's not necessarily a change I'm against as such, but it didn't work for me uh, in this yeah. implementation. Um, and I think in part that's because they also changed the combat system. Mm. And that's two major changes to make to a game like that. That you should probably have stuck to one. <laughs> um I think that they would have had an easier time of it if they'd stuck to one or the other because they would have been able to devote more time to, you know, really fine-tuning it and making sure it worked perfectly. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Or might have still not worked for me even with that, but that's, you know, that's, that, that's what they did. <laughs> um, um, yeah, so, like, they, they do make changes to them as they go through, and... Samurai Warriors is always played differently to Dynasty Warriors in terms of how the attacks are structured yeah. and, and there's some differences. Like, Dynasty Warriors doesn't have the, the hyper attacks that Samurai Warriors has, which is where if you just press triangle from the start, you it's sort of like wide-ranging, kind of fast-moving attacks that help you take up like the mobs of enemies and sort of helps you group them together to attack. Mm-hmm. You know, and that... That's definitely a moving about the battlefields because you can move about kind of quicker uh, because yeah. you're doing that and kind of cutting through the enemies as you go sort of thing until you come up against kind of special enemies that have got like shields and stuff or whatever that, that block your progress and then you have to deal with them slightly differently. Uh, so there's always been differences between the two and it is interesting mm-hmm. because one of the things I'm interested in with this is whether or not this will feed back into what will be Dynasty Warriors 10 eventually. Mm-hmm. It's not going to have any real impact, I don't think, on the next Dynasty Warriors, which will be Nine Empires, which is a spin-off, which is due to come yeah. out early next year, I think. Okay. Um, was it later this year? I think it's early next year it's due to come out. Um, so that's well into production already anyway. Yeah, mm. it's, it's a bit too late for that. But it might f- yeah. formulate some of their plans for what they do with the next numbered one, which would be 10. 
and it's also interesting to see what they'll do with the next what the next step's going to be with Samurai Wars because it is a I can't remember if I mentioned the last time I was on when we spoke about it but Samurai Wars 5 has really cut down how much of the story of the time the historical time period is it has in it yeah I think you mentioned that yeah, yeah. so previously for the most part in Dynasty Wars and in Samurai Wars they've taken these two historical years, the Three Kingdoms era in China and I think they call it the Warring States period in Japan or the Sengoku period in Japan uh, and they sort of try to cover the whole time period in that single game uh, usually via you play as a character and you go through however many battles or whatever and then you move on to the next character sort of thing, then you cleared it with that person and then you you know you, and you go through it that way. And that's kind of how you would learn about them. And what they've done with Samurai Wars 5 is they've cut it right down and they're focusing primarily on two characters' stories mm. which interlink, which is uh, Nobunanga Oda and... Uh, I'm going to mispronounce this so badly because I can't see it written down. Mitsuida Akechi... Uh, uh, I'm confident about Akechi. Probably shouldn't be. <laughs> but, uh, I might have mispronounced Mitsuida his first name, and I apologise if I have. Uh, but yeah, so it's focusing on their two stories, and so the characters in the game, there's a lot less of them, because it's only the ones relevant to the stories that they're telling in this period mm-hmm. that they're really uh, showing off. And so that means that there's a lot of fan-favourite characters who aren't in the game this time around because they cut a lot of them. <laughs> right. So they're not dealing with the entire Sengoku period. They're dealing just with the story of Nobunaga Oda and uh, Mitsuhida Akechi and the characters they interact with and how that interlinks. And so you go through... I've been through Nobunaga's story now. I still get Mitsuhida's to do properly. Um, that's why I want to finish that before I go on to kind of give him a final thoughts in a mm. formal written down capacity um, so I'm interested to see how they go about the the next step of this because they've previously done like Samurai Wars 4 I'm sure has Samurai Wars 4 and Samurai Wars 4 2 going very Final Fantasy with the naming <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm not really sure entirely how those interlink with one another if 4.2 is just kind of like a revamp for like a different console generation or if it's mm. if there's any major change I really don't know on yeah. that front but I'm interested to see if they go because there's plenty of options available to Koei Tecmo now and Omega Force the developers that they maybe wouldn't have had in the past in terms of like offering up DLC and stuff before so they have the option of going kind of in a couple of different ways. They can go direct sequel in that way, do 5-2, introduce another couple of characters whose story they want to tell and build it out that way and maybe do a couple of those over however many years. They can just release them as DLC or expansion passes or whatever and go, here's a character and they'll have X number of missions and story modes and whatever else. And you can buy them that way. Or will they just go Samurai Wars 6 focuses on these characters and it's mm. exactly the same format but with 
telling a different part of the 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 story of the historical period, focusing on someone else. Yeah, it seems like they've got a lot of options in, in where they yeah. can take it next. Yeah, and that's that that's interesting, and that's interesting obviously for the samurai war side of it, but it's also interesting whether they do that moving across to the dynasty warrior side mm. of it because there's a lot of different ways you could split that game up in the same way you know either focusing on two specific characters whose stories kind of interlink because there is a lot of characters who pop up in a few different places or switch sides from one kingdom to another and you could have you know and there's lots of there's lots of very interesting stories and personal dynamics that go on and rivalries and stuff that could be interesting to focus in on in a way or the the stories of the kingdoms themselves are very interesting and in how they come about and how they fight with one another so you could focus on the you know dynasty warriors 10 could focus on the shu kingdom and then 11 could focus on the wu kingdom and then the and then yeah. the wei kingdom and so on or you could pick specific characters because there's no end of Interesting matchups. It's a lot of history. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, yeah, well, it's, Thousands of yeah. years. Maybe. Well, I mean, <laughs> specifically the Three Kingdoms period is about a hundred years, but it, yeah, they could do a game per <laughs> year. Yeah, it's it's a it's a hundred years and, and yeah. you know, like the in hundreds of characters potentially that could be involved. Uh, Exactly, and as I say, there, there's there's no end of very interesting dynamics and stuff between mm-hmm. characters, either within a kingdom who have rivalries or rivalries across different lines, or you know, you can there, there's so many ways you could do it with contrasting them. It's like you get the the very super loyal retainer or the one who's having doubts about his lord. You know, there's all that sort of stuff. You can contrast their kind of two journeys and how one crosses over to the other side. You know, mm. there's so many kind of interesting ways you could cut through them in that way and present them in that more focused instead of having 500 characters mm-hmm. we're gonna focus on these two specifically and these 20 odd that are important to their story and mm-hmm. that'll be it and that's that's potentially a much more sustainable way of making these games <laughs> because they, they can't keep getting bigger forever and especially in terms of the rosters because yeah. For all the the games are the same every time. They're different every time. Um, they always update the character models. Most of them end out with new costumes and stuff and updates. They change the weapons all the so, time. Uh, sometimes it's causing yeah, it's sometimes <laughs> causing a lot of aggravation because people like the weapons that some characters have. Uh, you know, <laughs> and all, all these sorts of things. There's so much work that goes into each of them, even though they're the same <laughs> every time. Yeah, I'm yeah. saying that very sarcastically for the audio. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's lots of interesting ways they could go about doing that in particular. That I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see how they go about it because they haven't, as far unless I've missed any news, they haven't detailed how they're going mm-hmm. to continue, particularly with Samurai Warriors uh, 5, like what, yeah. what their next plans are. I mean, in terms of where Nobunaga's story leaves off, uh, they do set up what could potentially be the characters that they're going to focus on in the sequel, expansion, whatever they're going to do. But until they actually announce it, I don't know. <laughs> um, 
they do have options though so nice. I'll be curious to see yeah. what they do good uh, good um, almost the story of where they could go and what they could do next is slightly more interesting in actually the <laughs> what you experience kind of through the game um, I don't know I've not played it I will not I will not state that as fact uh, just an observation um, let's uh, let's move on from uh, Muso style games um, I, I've got a, a, a title I want to have a little chat about um, which we're sticking around with weapons um, and that because I want to talk about Boyfriend Dungeon um, Lucy, I know you've played a very small amount of it. Probably about twenty minutes. Okay. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Quite so you've you've kind of yeah. uh, um, you know gone through and the tutorial, yeah, you've, you've you know that that first twenty minutes, and and I would I would say anyone who has Game Pass should um, should investigate Boyfriend Dungeon and see if it's a game they want to um, to progress with because that first twenty minutes will give you a taste of everything that this kind of game has to offer. Okay. So, uh, Boyfriend Dungeon is a kind of dungeon-delving, loose dating sim, right? Mm -hmm. It sets you up as a character who um, appears in this town, has no confidence, has gone there to spend the summer to hang out with your cousin... And to kind of, you know, grow and work on themselves a little bit and stuff. And your cousin very quickly says, hey, you've never been on a date with anyone before. I'm going to I'm gonna help you in this area of your life. It was very abrupt. It is very abrupt. Your cousin. Yes. Your cousin is like, hey, dude, you got to get laid. What's going on? Uh, <laughs> what you mean it's, it's not, hey, do you want to go bowling? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. Doesn't phone you constantly. Like, I'm going to send you to a car key party. Yeah. Right that's what it was. It is almost. It is almost like that. Um, but the, the 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 twist to this is that the weapons that you use in the dungeons are people. So within this world of boyfriend dungeon, there are humans who can become uh, uh, other forms, which are weapons. So the game kind of poises itself in a way that you can increase your relationship with various characters by using them as weapons in the dungeon. And I think it kind of works quite well in the balance that it gives between the dungeon side of things and then the, it's not quite a dating sim in terms of the freedom that you get around what you can do with characters. But it, it's like a relationship building game, almost. So I went into this very much as as me kind of thing, right? And I was presented very early on with two characters, um, both male, who I'm like, oh, okay, I'm not really feeling the vibe of these couple of characters. And then this other um, female character turned up, and I'm like, okay, from from, you know, from my own perspective, from what this character is saying, this is who I have would kind of chat to a little Wife bit more, up. but the weapon was a dagger <laughs> rather than, say, the, the big scimitar that the first guy kind of was. Mm -hmm. But I don't think the game penalises you in terms of kind of like play style 
in being like, right, I play in a very certain way when I play, you know, like Moonlighter or, or another kind of dungeon style kind of game in what I kind of want to do. Um, I played with a, a, a few different um, weapons and all of them, whilst they've got different abilities, whilst you are doing the, the dungeon combat element of things, um, don't really pull too much in one way in terms of playstyle. Um, you know, they feel different in what you're using, but it was never, oh, I, I can only use like a double-handed glaive or I can only mm-hmm. use the scimitar or I can only use the fast attack kind of dagger sort of thing. Uh, 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 the game does well enough in balancing all of those combat styles out that you're never sort of forced to use one over the other. I think it's nice that it's got that freedom to it, that it allows you more to link through the narrative and the, that, that, that relationship building in who you want to sort of take and build a relationship with kind of through it. Um, there's been, I think, a lot of chat um, in the last few weeks on Twitter and and mm. in the sort of in the press and in, with consumers about um, kind of certain characters and how they're portrayed and um, people being quite angry and telling the developers that actually this is something they should kind of remove from this game. And this, this comes from sort of the villain of the game who mm-hmm. turns out to be a very clingy um person who you have a very short interaction with and is then very um is very invasive invasive, yes invasive absolutely and a lot of people have been you know getting getting a little bit angry about sort of this uh this and and even gone in on the voice actor kind of on twitter about the character and stuff, and I've got I've got lots of thoughts about this, right? So I, I'll get into those in a second. But <laughs> Boyfriend Dungeon, it, it it it's fluid. The the combat is great. The the kind of the dating element of it works quite well right. um, to be sort of dynamic okay. enough that you're not you know going hey I want to take this character over here to this kind of date and I want to take this character. You know, things present themselves and very much come from those characters. So those characters kind of say, hey, do you want to go for a coffee? I will be here if you do come and meet me. Um, and you can say, hey, I yeah. don't, you know, either yes or no. Um, and then you don't have to, even then, don't have to go to that part on the map as well. So it kind of yeah. gives you those options. And I think it does that kind of, my, my, you know, that balance between those two things mm-hmm. very well. My, my very early impression was... Um you say that it was you know you saw these two two men the first weapons you get and um even me as a straight woman uh the guy with like the uh eight pack and the little abs and like (laughs) and flowing tresemme Mm -hmm. and he was like hey i've just met you do you want to go on a date and i was like fuck off okay i I, I, like the suspension of belief in like games you know yep. but i was just like this is too <laughs> there's no way <laughs> it was just like you just are you taking me. the pest out like, of me mate <laughs> god like a stone this would never happen uh, i was like okay i need to go to bed and just that's it like there's there's no option I will there's pick no up option to just later. instantly nut him 
<laughs> because you would get killed by his eight pack, obviously. <laughs> You'd come straight off across the road into the building. Like, yeah, absolutely. Uh, this would never happen. And it's like I've played games that are very like saccharine and you know, just like you know, happy and uplifting. It's not like oh, you know, all the implications of dating and all this and that. And it seems like this game gets into it a bit more, but. I was just like, this is a bit too unbelievable. I just <laughs> yeah, met this absolutely. Guy. Uh, and he's a he's he's a you know GQ model. Yeah. And it's <laughs> but so so later <laughs> later characters uh, um, kind of present themselves a little bit better to you. Uh, you know, you can you can have uh, platonic relationships with all of these characters, and you can kind of you know uh, um, not take kind of relationships much further, but you won't then benefit from more abilities that these weapons kind of have. You need to build those relationships to get that. So you're, you're, you're tied in a little bit with going, I want to use the abilities or the wep- this weapon, so this is what I kind of have to do. But as I said, the, the play styles don't feel that much... You know, you're not inhibited by only going, well, I want to use this character, so I, I've only got this sort of set. There, there was yeah. nothing... That didn't make me feel like I could switch very easily between all of these different kind of weapons. And there's yeah. there's a cat in it, and the cat is a set of like oh, knuckle wow. dusters. So you're getting like right up close and personal uh, um, when when using it. So it's it's a ten out of ten game because you can you can go on dates yeah. with the fucking yeah. cat. Um, yeah, furry yeah. option. Oh, done. So. <laughs> um, I, I was going to ask you, Ben. Yeah. What what you found was your you. Uh, your primary motivation did you did you find that you would go I want to have a deeper relationship with that character so I'll take them into the dungeon or did you go I still prefer having the big sword or whatever did you no, find uh, that you leaned one way or the other more yes, often than I, not? I did yeah very much and it was absolutely the first um, I, I, it took me a couple of runs to realise that actually I was taking the same character through each level of the dungeon and, and, and you run through the map, you, you kill all of the kind of uh, enemies that are within it and the, the dungeons are made up of your fears. So the, the character yeah. that you are is a little bit kind of reclusive, doesn't like communication that much. So um, it was like telephones, you know, mobile phones, which kind of snaps at you and, and, and things like this. Um, but I definitely was taking through uh, Valeria, uh, who was the character that kind of clicked with me first uh, through, and then hitting a level and it's saying max relationship boost. And I was just going, oh yeah, I'll just, I'll just take her in again. Rather than yeah. boosting the relationship between all of the available characters. Yeah, just for I, the sake of it. You've, exactly. You did think I, I, that you were going more for that character specifically. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah, very much. Yeah. And I, I think that did work in that I understood kind of the abilities that they were kind of giving me and I liked how the sort of the dagger worked. But that wouldn't have stopped, that, that shouldn't have stopped me really from then saying, let's actually go with, um, I can't remember the character's name, but the guy that's a rapier, um, and and take him through and build up the relationship by fighting and finding brief moments through the dungeon to have a conversation with them about, which would have built that meter with them as well. I think that's just a thing in games, yeah. though. Like Once you get a weapon and you just become accustomed yeah. to it, it's like, 
you don't really change yeah, absolutely. a lot. A lot. Absolutely. You know, outside of like sexuality and preference and all that, it's like I've got my starting pistol. I've I've upgraded it enough in the skill tree. I'm comfortable. I don't want um, my sniper yeah. rifle. Yeah, yeah. And there were there, there were there were other characters um, who I encountered kind of later on because because time sort of passes in this game in that you you know each thing is another day that's passed and actually uh the game does present to you and say hey it's the end of the summer you're about to leave um here is now the final thing that you you know and, and very much pops up saying this is the end of the game um go off and do whatever you need to do so time isn't really okay. doesn't at least appear from my first playthrough to be an an issue um but you kind of and, and and these other characters that I'd kind of um, not become attached to, but other characters were like, yeah, I can absolutely have like a platonic relationship uh, with this character, and was presented with the options to be able to do that. And they would say, hey, is this a date? And I'm like, nah, it's not a date. Uh, we're just hanging out. And they were like, cool, that's fine. Let's still go and you can use me as a weapon to go kind of through the dungeon, and we can still build a relationship around that. So you can still kind of unlock these things. Um, but Coming back to Eric, who is the the, the dickhead uh, <laughs> character, um, he, he he's presented in a way which uh, comes across as um, very, as as you said, Lucy, kind of invasive. And um, I was lukewarm on the character. I hadn't picked up on this at first, mm. and he then in a message said something about the cousin character, and I'm like, wow, that's a really dickhead thing to say uh, like I'm, I'm, I'm not going to bother with this character more I'm done with this character but as the game goes on and the character becomes more invasive and sends you mm. gifts even though you've told them that you're not mm. interested and uh, uh, um, then has some kind of stalker level elements to them as well um, which which people have been saying, you know, we need more kind of trigger warnings on these sorts of things, and that's fine. Yeah, yeah absolutely, yeah. put that in. But I wholeheartedly disagree with this character needing to be rewritten or removed from the game completely, which some people have asked for. Yeah. Basically, because this game made me think in a different way than I previously had about the interactions that some people will have in the real world, with other people. This yeah. kind of unrequited uh, attention and uh, and sending of gifts and things made me think, fuck, people, there will be a bunch of people who will experience this kind of thing for people. I've never had that. I've never even thought about that kind of thing. Yeah. Yet this game has opened me up to thinking, Jesus, there, there, there will be people who have experienced this. And this is, this is absolutely something that probably most of the people who are saying this shouldn't be in the game should be thinking about. And a perspective that maybe some people haven't had before. Um, and it's the joy of games, right? To be able to put you in someone else's shoes and bring in different experiences and, and, and allow you to live kind of others' lives. We don't need to be Master Chief again. We don't need to be Nathan Drake again. We don't need to kill 5,000 people. What, in what, Samurai you know, Warriors 5. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, there's, there's, there's a place for that. 
Absolutely. Yeah. But there's also yeah. a place for making you uncomfortable and bringing in other elements and making you think about these things and, and, and have you reflect about the real world and what other people go through. And I think Boyfriend Dungeon does that very, very well. And it puts you in a situation which is uncomfortable that you don't want to be in. It gives you a resolution to that and gives you some, I suppose, at least the characters, some level of closure from that. But that's something that you experience as a like a, a, a finish almost to the game, which maybe a lot of people who go through this kind of experience never actually get. Um, so I, I think Boyfriend Dungeon is a game that a lot of people should play just to get you through the different way of thinking about things and opening you up more to understanding other people's experience. Yeah. I I think you're coming... I, I agree with what you're saying, mm-hmm. but I think every woman has experienced that once in their lifetime, mm. so... I think all women know about yeah. this and know the telltale yeah. signs of it. I agree with you saying, like, some people need to know that it's like, it does start with very benign mm. things, and it can and often does result, result in things that are just harrowing, and it's like, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a slope that a lot of people can see, and a lot of people point to it, but, you know, uh, some people just... Unless they're educated, and as you say, Boyfriend Dungeon could be a way that people like wake up to these things. It's just like, they don't know it. They see it as, oh, that was a nice, you know, gesture. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And usually that person becomes manipulative mm-hmm. in like saying, I did this nice thing. But you know? I like and you. That's it, a compliment. A, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you should be happy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's, um, but, but aside from that, I, I, I agree, Ben, it's people going after the developers and the voice actors. Um, and you say going after, I mean like death threats, mm. and it's like, that isn't acceptable in any circumstance. That's worse. <laughs> something, that's yeah, worse yeah. than the thing the character. <laughs> that's <done>. worse <laughs> than, put, exactly, yeah. that's worse than having a game that <sighs> wants to portray this character, wants to, you know, bring awareness to it and, and speak to their own, you know, um, presuming their own experiences but um yeah there's there's a trigger warning and that will be triggering for a lot mm-hmm. of people a lot of women especially and i think yeah maybe call attention to it as some people respectfully did and they did update the game with you know saying like this is in the mm-hmm. game yeah you don't need to play it if you, if this is going to be traumatic yep. for you you know and people playing it feeling traumatized Rightly so, but then having a go at the creators—it's just—it's just one massive spiral of crap, and it's yeah. just—it's—it's it's sad. It is. You know? it... Um, I, I didn't know that how much. I mean, I can understand why this game had a lot of buzz. It's very inclusive. It's very, yes. you, you know, it, it reaches a wide audience of people. But the amount of sludge that has happened since—it's—it's it's sad, especially as you're saying then, like. It seems like a pretty decent. Absolutely, it's kind of ironic that they're getting shit on because their character does exactly yeah. what they wanted it to do very, very well <laughs> by portraying it's that like, the terrible behaviour yeah. very accurately and very mm-hmm. powerfully. The the fact that it mm-hmm. 
Well, yeah, the, if it didn't have a trigger warning to begin with, that, that's obviously a valid criticism, that's fair enough, but as you're saying, in terms of the content, if it seems like they're getting flack for doing their job well, <laughs> which is yeah. sort of weirdly <laughs> ironic. Absolutely, um, absolutely. And uh, as Lucy said, it is a a very inclusive game. There's, there's um, you know, you can pick whether you want to be male or female, you're presented with male and female and non-binary um, characters who you can date. I, I don't know if there are any um, trans characters. Uh, there are characters I didn't experience and didn't get to spend sort of any time with and things. Um, so there was, there's, there's more game for me to, to play, more characters to kind of, uh, kind of get to know and things like that. Um, yeah. But it's 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 definitely one that I think isn't it, it's it's a game like and it's we always kind of say come back to it like you don't need to play every game right no. not every game is made for <laughs> you it, experience things try different games out try different things that that's how we grow as humans you know you, you you pick up different books you know the genres of books that you like you probably know the genres of games that you like you know the genres of films that you like you probably know the genres of games that you like if this doesn't appeal to you just don't play it or don't then yeah. jump on the bandwagon of said things and yes, there is criticism to be to be had, and that can be done in very specific ways, and and should be. Everything can be criticised in the world, and and should be. That's how again products yeah. change, and how people grow, and how teams are able to then do something next with their, their with their next project and things. But we cannot get to a point where someone has wanted to tell a story, and we're like, and, and consumers is like, no. Don't want that story. Sorry, change it. Yeah, it's not like it's uh, offensive to any kind of you know group of people or anything like that. It's it's simply the story that they wanted mm -hmm. to tell, and it's it seems it seems like there are so many games that tell these kind of stories. You know, um, I I can't remember like if if found last mm. year, which was one of the most profound games that I've ever played, and it was you know it's it's it, it tells a story. You know, of someone who's trans, and it it has some really dark yeah. moments in it. But I can imagine that's triggering for for like mm. anyone, to be honest. And it, and but it doesn't. It seems like there's been this perfect shitstorm around this game, and I don't get it. It's like there's so many games that tell these kinds of stories, and oh. I, I don't know why do people have just dogpiled on this game in particular, which is a shame because it's like we should be talking about. The game and yes, you know its themes, but we we shouldn't be doing it in a in a way where it's like let's protect these yeah. developers from death threats. Yes. It's, it's we should be talking about why that character is shitty, not why the people shitty yeah. on the game are shitty. <laughs> yes, absolutely, and absolutely. the developers. Uh... Yeah. It's bizarre, and it's a shame though. You know, yeah, that this is the cloud. Over absolutely, that game. and and yeah. maybe we'll return to it, Lucy, if you do put a bit more time into it. Yeah. We can have sort of a further conversation uh, around it. Um, I don't know. Uh, my, my biggest fear in that game is going on this date. With Adonis, so. <laughs> you don't have to. But I said yes. So I was like, what am I doing? I said yes, Ben. I mean, you I can't can, get out of it now. Just don't go. Just, just, <laughs> just ghost them. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, that, that's a problem. Exactly, that's a problem in itself. Um, yes, yes. Don't be, don't be that it. person. I, I, um, I played a game about a shitty person and I became one instead. <laughs> Oops, that's very meta take on things. Uh, oh dear. Um, let's, let's open up some more beers uh, and move on. But yes, yeah. I think I think Boyfriend Dungeon is another game we'll probably return to to uh, to discuss further yeah. and hopefully mm. more about the game. Uh, you know, past my brief kind of uh, um, description of kind of what was going on and my my initial sort of thoughts on it, uh, um, uh, about the game more so than the shit sort of surrounding it within the last kind of week or so. Yeah, um, it'd be nice. Yeah. So beers, Lucy. Mm. What beer are you going to be opening now? I've mm. got a beer from Beak Brewery. Uh, there's a bear on it, and it's called Gur. G U R R. Nice. And it's a West Coast IPA, 7%. Um, oh, here we go. They call it a Californian-inspired India Pale Ale brewed with citrus, Centennial, Chinook, and Amarillo hops for, am- for aromas of lumberyards. I've seen that one before. Pine needles, preserved lemons, sun-bathed Yosemite granite, spoomy Pacific driftwood, convenient... <laughs> Adam must be like thinking you, you hipster bitch. I'm still, with I'm your, still just getting uh, over the fact that Yosemite lumberyard. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that's not, that's not a descriptor I've ever seen before, and it gets because um, some bathed Yosemite granite. I've never eaten granite. Don't know what that tastes like. Um, oh, that's right. Sorry, yeah, it's the, it's the, I think it's the taste of a lumberyard, not the smell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, one of the two. What does a axe man like? It's been working out. Oh, Standard metrosexually. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna drink uh, double dream house, which is from Left Handed Giant. It is 8.5 percent uh, hazy double IPA, which has got Citra Cryo, Mosaic Cryo, Galaxy, and Vic Secret in it. Uh, it's a, a juiced-up version, as I uh, as I mean, believe, of Dreamhouse, which is a pale ale that they put out occasionally. Um, nice little mm-hmm. gold-top can. Lovely little sort of, uh, you know, metallic sheen. Picture of some tigers lounging about in a dream house. So, yeah. I shall crack this. Uh, Lucy, I see you smelling already, so we'll we'll come straight back yeah, to you. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get the, the lumberyard yard, <laughs> the Yosemite. <laughs> smells like Yosemite, Sam. Uh, oh, man. Yeah, it's quite a subtle smell. Um, a quiet lumberyard. Like lumber yard, yard. Definitely getting pine needles, so <laughs> I'll, I'll give it that. bit piney, bit citrusy. It doesn't look like, like the last beer. The last beer looked more like a West Coast IPA mm. than this one. This is like sh- just darker than straw coloured. Um, very cloudy. Nice, uh, about one and a half finger, like foamy white head. Very nice. Looks a bit sawdust coloured, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, sawdust coloured. That's a good one. Mmm, it is very smooth. 
I think probably the perfect temperature as well. Just slightly, you know, it's been sitting out for a bit, but it's not too warm. Mm. That's really nice. It, regardless of the many descriptors on the back of the can, it, it's, it's, it, I don't know where the West Coast inspiration comes in. This is very much like a New England okay. like IPA or something. It's very Soft fruity. And fruity. It's like mostly mm. fruit forward. Not really any bitterness. Interesting. Considering the descriptors, it, it sounded like it was going to be this big bitter beer. No. It's very piney, but it's mm. not bitter. It's not like the last beer at all, but it's really good though. So Mm. Yeah, that's really nice. That it's, it, it's it's very fruit forward. Very, a lot of citrus, a lot of more tropical fruit, like um, maybe a bit of like papaya in okay. there. Oh, this is going down very <laughs> easily. This is not going to last. This is really good. So i don't know what all that stuff on the back was but lies obviously really nice. <laughs> lies to distract you so it's that like... you don't know do you feel, do you feel like yeah. i'm not reading all that yeah <laughs> i feel like the wrong beer has been put in the can uh, sort yeah. of yeah it's uh, i'm definitely getting that pininess but you know it's it's hard to know what sun-bathed yosemite granite is going to taste like yeah, um, absolutely. so if it tastes like this uh, Buy me some, you know, some new teeth. Gonna, gonna be eating a lot of granite. Just put it in a blender and. So Blackpool has rock. Birmingham has granite. <laughs> <laughs> you mean I don't have to go to California to to find some granite? Yeah, this is this is this is really good. Um, it, oh. No, none of it is like a West Coast inspired IPA though. I don't know what no, bad, yeah. but it is like they poured a different beer into the can. Um, but it, you'll see tomorrow a recall notice for that beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mislabeled, yeah. please return. It, like, oh well. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Whereas the first one did exactly. The same. <laughs> yeah. This one does the opposite, but yeah. it's kind of really good. good, good. So. Um, cool. Enjoy it. Sit there and, and, and take it all in. Um, this left-handed giant yeah, is an odd, odd beer. It's an odd, odd flavour. It's it's got this sort of like sweet, but not quite. It not like super sweet. More like sickly sweet kind of nose to it. And in the flavour, it's quite a thick kind of beer. It's almost orangey in colour. Super super hazy. Um, my camera just changed to make it much more yellow, oddly, than it was when I first put it up. That is the colour, when I when presented it there, that orangey mm. colour is definitely uh, what it looks like. And in the flavour, you do get a little bit of sweetness, but it's dulled down almost instantly to more, um, you know, ripe melon kind of flavours. It, it's, it's got those... M slightly more earthy tones to it but still remaining quite sweet so i can see why the nose turned sort of a little bit kind of sickly sweet because in the flavor it sort of tries to to because it wants to be sweet all the way up here but 
also mm-hmm. pull it right down so it isn't kind of too much and that that gives it almost this like aniseed kind of quality to it it's not quite cherry it's not the other way and being quite licorice it's 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 very sort of kind of aniseedy in there which is an interesting flavor to throw in with a with a kind of an earthy end and a, a, a sweet end to it as well uh this is this this beer's kind of doing lots of different lot, things yeah. and and feels a little bit confusing because of that oh it is a little bit muddled. I mean, it mm. it tries to flow you through those kinds of flavours, but I think what I'm on my fourth or fifth sort of sip, I'm a quarter of the way through the glass. Um, everything is being kind of overshadowed by this aniseed flavour, which it's eight and a bit percent. It's double IPA has a little bit of that kind of alcohol burn to it as well. So it, it presents itself as a bigger beer. You know that it is it is bigger. And I think that sweetness is maybe more the alcohol, which is again why it's a little bit more sickly on the nose, than it is from the uh, from the hops, uh, which was Citra, Mosaic, Galaxy, and Vic Secret. So a, a, a combination which you would expect a little bit more of a fruity hit but then giving you those sort of creamier earthy notes as well Mm. in there and then it tries to do that but i think both of those are kind of just smashing against each other and the explosion has made this sort of aniseed flavor kind of in the middle of sort of what's going on so you've got these periphery kind of flavors that sort of peak out but this over explosion of kind of aniseed um it's it's yeah odd i'm gonna keep i, I mean i'm gonna yeah. drink it i mean aniseedy taste in that style of beers but it is it is unusual absolutely yeah. um yeah it is very unusual maybe in a stout but you know or you know like a Belgian yeah, double or yeah. something like that, but yeah. But... I mean, inter- interesting, interesting, interesting. but mm. very unusual. We'll see how that kind of plays mm. out, and we'll, we'll come back to our beers um, and discuss uh, all the beers we drank at the end of the episode. Uh, but Lucy, I want to jump into um, into your topics uh, for this mm. week because I know you've you've hit a few games over the last week to talk about. Yeah, as uh, as we briefly touched upon last week i did play no oh, longer yeah. home finished it uh wrapped it up today um it's the it's the kind of game that i want my steam deck to play on <laughs> it's a very it's a very narrative driven game um it's 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 almost visual novel-esque because i mean the the most I mean, the mechanic in the game that that unlocks uh, quite early into it is um, you're basically in these little dioramas, which is like this, just this these rooms in this one student house, and the the mechanic that you get is okay. Now you can rotate the diorama so you can see the other 
you know, like the other walls in the rooms. Because, like, at first you're given this one mm. perspective. And then it's like, okay, use the keyboard, you know, A and D to either rotate left and right. And it's like, okay, now you can see the other other, other walls in the room. Um, but it basically tells the story of um it, it's 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 drawn on real life experiences from the the developers the writers um basically they're in their last year of university in england um and you know they're packing up their student house ready to 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 go back home to um their studies are finished and it's like what's mm. next <laughs> and it's um and you're basically the game is almost like ninety percent of the game is set in that student house, um, and it's about walking into the different rooms of the house. You're obviously sharing with some other students, and then just getting like these little bits of flavor text into what you know, what their last year of university was like, where where the characters see themselves going in the future, and there's this you know there's this over over. There's this cloud of anxiety because, um, I mean, I, for anyone who's gone to to university, it's like you've spent like three years not being a human being. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you've spent, you've spent three or four years being in a, some trash mammal, just drinking, partying, being around a group of people who, you know, hopefully understand you. You found your niche. You found you found the people you enjoy spending time with and it's like people go back to different parts of the country or people just mm. grow up or move on or get jobs and it's like yeah and not to add to that both of these the two main characters who you um sort of play as and choose dialogue options for um are non-binary and it's like one of them's going back to japan one of them is from england and is just you know going back down the road and it's like how are our families going to, you know, accept us? What do we do now? They're, they're both art students, and it's like, well, how do we get a job in this economy? Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm not quite sure when the when it's set, because I, I finished university probably about 10 years ago, um, or something like that, and it's... Jesus. And, um, <laughs> oh, I just I've witnessed that existential crisis just pass by you there. <laughs> like, oh my god! <laughs> yeah, and um, but but I think it, I don't think it matters what kind of timeline it's set in. There's nothing that suggests it's like okay, this is clearly the two thousands because they have like Twitter or something mm. like that. So it's like uh, it, I don't know when it's set, but I think it's universally for people. Not just, you know, people graduating, but people, you know, just having a different change yeah. in life, moving house or, you know, moving job or moving across the country, etc. It's it's universal in that fact. Um, the gameplay is limited and it's like, okay, I came in expecting that. Um, you're really just moving around this, this one student house quite slowly. And um, I, I think when you're when you're looking into these rooms, which are really nicely detailed, and and the art's nice, nice. It's like it's got this nice, you know, muted colours, and like the, the characters don't have any distinguished features and stuff like. This. It's very very soft and nice to look at. But when you're going through these rooms and looking at the, you're basically okay. Let me 
click on this towel or something like that, and it's like the character gives like I don't know a very small monologue or 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 this little anecdote, and it's like a lot of them. I'd say probably seventy five percent of them are just like uh, meh. It's like a lot of it is okay. This student housing is like it's there's mold. There's there's holes in the wall. There's the house is about to fall down. It's like, yeah, Standard. I got it. I yep. lived in student accommodation. I, 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 I know what it's like to live in a house that's barely standing. I know what it's like to live in halls of residence that are barely standing and flood. <laughs> but um, so it's like, yeah, I get it. It's like, yes, this could have been like one little anecdote, but it's like so many of the same things, and it's very meandering and very wishy-washy. Like most of the writing, and then in between you get this like really poignant like things that these characters say and it's like i wish the game was more of mm. this i wish the game was more um you know actually getting into these characters not just the crappy environment that they're living in and how you know student accommodation is awful but just you know their fears, their anxieties, their hopes, their dreams and stuff like that. I think that was the best part of the game where I think in th- there's this whole like second act where you're basically playing this text adventure video game and it, I just think it's like such superfluous fluff. <laughs> it's like this doesn't need to be in the game. It, I, I think the last like kind of act where it was just the two main characters just lying in bed and talking about their lives, what would happen afterwards, how they, you know, how they think they didn't get the most out of university and most of the time there, and you know, just like their their friend circles and moving moving away, moving apart from their old friends, and just how they've developed as humans. That is that is what I wanted the game to be more of, and I thought that was the, the more poignant and interesting part of the narrative. I didn't find walking around the house and just looking at, um, you know, random objects as beautifully detailed as the environments were, was that interesting. Yeah. And I wish the game was more. Even if it is just, you know, like you can play a prologue, as we said, you know, last week. If the game was just two characters sitting there and you're just now and then clicking on dialogue options, I would have preferred that. Mm. I was just like, just. Just give me the story. Give me the good writing that I know these writers are capable of, because they've they've shown it in these brief flashes, and then throughout the the whole of the last act, where it's like, yes, this is what I wanted more from the game. But yeah, it's 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 a tough one. It's I wouldn't say I I, I enjoyed every second of it, but I wouldn't say I I had a miserable time okay. either. It was I just wish it had more of that that poignant mm-hmm. writing in it. Yeah. Mm. You wanted something yeah. that... And it, it, it's a game which... It's kind of aesthetic... Does remind me a little bit of... Um, uh, Kentucky Route Zero. And you... Oh, God, yeah. It wears those inspirations. Absolutely. Honestly, and and it's you like, wanted more of that sort yeah. of grandiose... Uh, not 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 necessarily the grandiose kind of elements uh, yeah, get of you. the yeah, yeah. environment, mm-hmm. but those 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 poignant kind of moments. You wanted more of those big hitting kind of dialogues and decisions and things, rather than just mm-hmm. sort of you know 
rather than it being kind of like real life. Like, hey man, what's up tonight? Not much. Making pizza. Cool. <laughs> see in a bit. Yeah, because because it does. I mean, even down to like the 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 font of the text, it looks like mm. Kentucky Route Zero. Like those kind of those kind of dioramas and that the like they sort of peel away and like furniture and walls float away into into space and there's kind of this magical realism mm. in it as well but it's so undercooked and underused even in its like short runtime there's and it's either i have no idea what that this is or this is very heavy-handed where there's a literal embodiment of a demon which represents one of the characters like depression and anxiety and it's it it doesn't it doesn't work. Sure. It's like it, it. It just feels like this. This was half half an idea, to half baked an idea to to have any kind of lasting impression, um, which is a shame. Um, and I think, like, I mean, to 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 have Kentucky Route Zero as a, an inspiration, which I imagine it was. It's like that game's been in that game was in development for like ten years, so it's like. It's likely that this game had a look at that and just thought, hmm. I'm not saying this game was like made in the last year. It might have taken mm-hmm. longer than that, but I think that might have been an inspiration. But, I mean, Kentucky Route Zero is like probably the best writing in any game ever. So it's just like hard, hard, uh, hard Absolutely. shoes to fill. But it's, it's, it's one of those where you have to be in the mood for a narrative game and you have to be very much in the mood for a game that takes its time it's like every time you clicked on one of the objects to to look at it's like the camera zooms in slowly you pet the cat so 10 out of 10 <laughs> you pet the cat um, and then after you do that the camera zooms out very slowly and then you can move on to the next thing so it's one of those where it's like okay I'm in the mood for something very very slow. Yeah, and it, 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 but 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 with games that are slow like that, I expect something you know to be contemplated, mm. meditative, and it's like this wasn't always that until like especially. But the it, very last it sounds like it, it really wants to be, you know, with with those uh, mm. motions of zooming the camera in, allowing you to focus on whatever it is that you have kind of clicked on and and zooming it back out to take it back into the wider environment and things it feels like not um not like it wants you to hyper focus on things but that 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 it wants you to consider constantly every single thing it is trying to do but not everything it is doing is worthy of consideration so Absolutely, it's like there's only so many times that you can tell me there's mold growing on like clothes and and mirrors in the house, and it's like until I'm like okay, important, I get important it. Important for students. Like... <laughs> it sounds a bit more like my yeah. procrastinating than anything else. <laughs> so where I've gone yeah. and looked out of the window for the tenth time to see exactly the same thing for no reason. <laughs> yep, still dark. <laughs> <laughs> You zoom in on the you only it, tree you yeah. can see and just zoom back out again 30 seconds later. Yeah. Mm, the tree is out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Odd one, but um, yeah, made by a very, very small mm. team. And, you know, it's only about two hours long, so, you know, I mean, check it out. Um, 
Nice. Okay. A game that I'm a lot more high on is called Oko. I think that's how you pronounce it. It's Mm O-C-O. Which is a one-button platformer. Um, Yeah. It's sort of like... Hmm. I guess you could call it like an endless runner almost. It's 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 got this very minimalistic uh, look to it where you're basically this little square and you're going around these circular um like like geometric shapes that have like little platforms and stuff. And it continually moves to the right or the left. It just you have perpetual motion basically mm. and you can only use one button and that's to jump i'm playing this on pc and i was like this would be the perfect game mm. for mobile and then i looked it up and it oh. is on mobile and then i looked i was like do i have it on mobile and it's free so i recommend everyone go play it on mobile because it's very good and i'll get into that later but I realised that I had downloaded it because I went on my phone. It had like the little cloud thingy where it's like, you've already downloaded this. Do you want to download it again? And I was like, when the hell did I download <laughs> this? And I was like, did I ever play this or or what? And I was just like, should I should I play some more of this? Should I should I on iPhone because it seems like the perfect iOS slash Android game and. Lo and behold, it came out on those platforms like two years yep, ago. Yep, it's available on Android. <laughs> Downloading it currently. Yeah, do it. Um, it's one of those where it's like, yeah, I can play, get a few levels of this in, just mindlessly. It's got enough purchases, but you don't okay. need to use it. I, I looked at what they are. Don't need them at all. Um, it's basically un- out, unlocking we? bits. Yeah, play some of it, Adam. Yeah. Play a few levels whilst, whilst I'm going through it, but um, I might not answer you ever again. Yeah, I believe just it. Just <laughs> <warn> you. <laughs> uh, it must, I, I think it launched on PC uh, on the twelfth of August, so last week or, or somewhere around then. Um, what's the name of the developer? Spectrum Forty Eight. But it's a really unique platformer in the sense that. It's so simple, yeah. It has, you know, a bit of nuance to it. You are, you are having to time your jumps. You are having. It isn't just mindless. You start off the game, think it's just like, okay, I just tap, just tap, I just tap. But as you get further into the game, unlock, unlocking um, new levels, it's like, okay, I'm having to time these jumps, and then there are different, there there are different conditions for for, for like completing completing mm. each level. Um, it it's sort of in this like like little circular radial thing where it's like three three different portions and it's like okay you get one of them for completing the level you get one of them for completing the level in a certain amount of time and another for doing it in as little taps as possible and so like each level it, I'm a play I'm playing at least at least twice because some of them it's just like okay I did thirty two taps on this one. And it's like, it tells you, you can do this in like four taps. <laughs> I'm just like, how? 
And then it becomes a puzzle <laughs> yeah. game in sensing how do I just do this in four Right, we love our puzzle games. And... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so it's, it's, it's sort of got a, you know, slightly twitchy base gameplay to it, but it is also a puzzle game. It's like, okay, how do I do this in the most efficient way as possible? And not only does it have, like, the main campaign in it, which I think is eight different worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, so far, they've all had, like, 15 levels each. Um, and they all introduce a new mechanic in it. I don't, I don't want to get too far into spoilers, because they are genuinely interesting to find out what they are. But um, it, And they are, you know, like, portrayed in very easy ways. This is a very colourful game. And the like, kind of platforms that that are coloured and shaded differently, they represent new different mechanics. So, sort of, um, is it the blue one? The blue one, which is introduced in the in the first set of worlds, is basically if your little square goes over them, it it does jump. Um, green it means you start going faster, and which brings another mechanic into the world. It's like, okay, I ha- now have momentum, mm-hmm. so I can do bigger jumps, longer jumps. Um, and red is like, if I touch the red, I'm dead. I have to restart the level again. And restarting the level is just like, well, on PC, it's just, I press R, restarts immediately. So it's very, it's very, very easy just to, to get into a level and just go, yeah, yeah. basically. Um, yeah, I just played like two levels. But it has. And it's, it's very much yeah. a perfect mobile game in that way. It's, it's exactly the sort yeah. of thing I've been looking for is one of those, I need something to do for all of two minutes just to occupy mm-hmm. myself you know, <laughs> play a couple of levels and then put yeah. it down again it's, it's the perfect kind of time fill which is nice that's what i like from my mobile games because i don't i don't spend yes. a lot of time playing games on my phone like in that way but i do find myself sometimes going well i've looked at facebook and reddit and i want I want to look at my phone for two minutes, but I need something yeah. else to do because there's nothing else happening. Instead of yeah. doom scrolling, yeah. It's a, I can refresh this <laughs> yeah, all I want, but the same though. fucking news stories keep appearing. <laughs> uh, I need something else. Uh, it's, it's it's when you put your phone down, you kind of stare at the sky and you think, still blue. Better fuck get off. back to my phone. My phone again, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is a much better time, trust me. But um, yeah, it's it. it it's one of those where it's, it, it's, it does get a bit taxing later, but it, it not to the point where it's like, okay, I have to be so involved in this. Mm. Um, you can just be like, tap, 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 but maybe pay a bit more attention to it. But um, it's it's got... You can make your own levels, and it's got... You can, you can look at community levels as well. Um, this launched on PC, like, way after mobile, so I think they might have brought all those... Uh, created community created levels into okay. the PC game, so there are a lot um, that you can try, and there's a daily challenge as well. Um, so you're getting a lot of bang for your buck, to be yeah, honest. My, my zero bucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with with yeah. with nothing. Yeah, and and the and the in-app purchases on on iOS and Android are buying bits, and those those little yellow tokens that you collect. So to cl- finish a level, you have to there's a certain amount of yellow little tokens in on each on each like circular geometric shape that you have to collect in order to finish the level and each of those represent like one bits or something like that and it, and if you want to see the optimal way of completing the level 
um, like how do I do it in oh you by, by the, the the, the, yeah. the shortest amount of time or with the sh- least amount of taps you can unlock a video which oh. shows you that which is which is great because it's just like you know some of the levels if you're stuck on like so many puzzle games mm. do not have like enough people playing them where they have walkthroughs or it's like I just want the developer to be like here this is even if it's like you know a game that's like here's here here's a step by step version especially pre-release games as well like if you're playing like you know something that seems like it may have obtuse puzzles like i don't know 12 minutes maybe <laughs> you may want to have like a a a walkthrough pre-release um games should just offer that and and this and this just offers you an easy way to, to see the solutions, which is nice. But you collect so many bits where it's like, you don't even need to pay for them. Um, obviously on PC, there's nowhere to pay for them. It's just like you unlock mm. them. Like you get like a thousand, like when you complete one world or whatever. So you can unlock more um, like community levels that have been curated or you can you can unlock new worlds in the campaign. And yeah, it's... It's a really striking looking puzzle game and like the path of your like little square it's sort of it leaves like a trail of like its trajectory and um it looks like like a spirograph like if you just get one of those stencils and mm. start drawing those it's it's really striking game and the the like soundtrack is it's dynamic so every every like bounce that you do it it sort of melds into the into the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. So one thing so. I didn't experience. Yeah, I'm so. really enjoying this. Uh, I, haven't, yeah. I haven't experienced that yet because of, <laughs> you know, podcasting. <laughs> I shouldn't be playing what I've games while I'm doing it. Yeah. 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 I, I like playing it on PC because it is, so I can just slouch and use, you know, just use the space bar to what jump. What work? Tab. Tab. I will say uh, I was given a little email address um, to email Ooh. if I got to, if I got stuck in twelve minutes whilst I was uh, was started reviewing That's it. Good. They said it, but you feel so I bad. I didn't use it. I didn't use it. I persevered. I got to a point mm-hmm. where I was like, "Fuck, fuck! I think I've done everything I should do. I don't know what I've, I don't know what I'm doing wrong." Yeah. And so I'm like. Oh, that's what I haven't done yet. Cool, brilliant. Move, moved on. You didn't put the chicken on the pulley, Ben. You didn't use the monkey. Exactly. Exactly. Speaking of twelve minutes, uh, I'm not going to talk about it tonight, Uh, Lucy. I know you you want to play it, so I'm not going to discuss it or, or spoil anything. If you are on the fence about 12 minutes, it will be out on Game Pass by the time this comes out on um, podcast services. It is on Game Pass, so it is, you know, if you've got Game Pass, it's free to try. Um, it's also on Steam. Uh, all I would say is, I fucking love it. But, yeah. Oh, yep. really? Even after you got stuck? I, I, yeah. I just... Yeah, even even then, <laughs> even then. But getting stuck is a purifier way of testing whether you like a game or not. <laughs> yes. Very much. Uh, <laughs> if it didn't break you doing that when you're screaming down your, I don't know, your keyboard at it, going, I've been stuck here for days, you know, then uh, yeah. must be good. <laughs> you know, you know, when I said that 
the game would be excellent. <laughs> as in, it's either going to be meh or excellent or and nothing in between. Um, but I did just look at. Um, I was looking through like the articles that I mm. subscribed to or whatever. I was just looking through and it was like all of them, obviously the embargo is at a certain time, so all of them came through. And it's also like people either hated it or mm. loved it. And it's like, um, it seems like a point and click adventure game. So, uh, with obtuse yes. puzzles, so well, absolutely. Club, ben, your brain's now broken. Like, no, I, 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 yeah, uh, <laughs> if, if I know if what happened, Ben hit off the eight pack. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what I was supposed to do in twelve minutes. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, so yes, my review of that is is now up on outoflives.net. Yeah. Um, Walsh out of lives dot net. Lucy also has her Axiom oh, to yeah. Axiom Verge two review, uh, which will be up mm-hmm. um, if you're if you're currently live with us on Twitch. It's not up yet. It will be up tomorrow. Uh, uh, but it will be up by the time that you are most people are listening to this in their podcast service of choice so uh, I know it's a game we didn't talk about last week uh, um, and I'll probably won't talk about much this week because you can go and, and, and read Lucy's thoughts uh, no, yeah, just go uh, read about it, it yeah. over on the um, site as well uh, Elevator Pitch great for exploration not great mm. for combat so yeah, nice. go read the good. review good um, but uh, the the last game that I'll briefly touch on because um, I've not played too much of it. I've probably played like the first two worlds of levels in. It's a game called uh, Tetragon, a game mm. that you sent over, Ben. Um, it's a. If anyone's ever played like the Bridge, which was the kind of MC black and white MC Escher um, kind of puzzle game where you like rotate the world. I think that was like moving boulders to these, to like these these targets or something like that. But it's it's sort of in the vein of that where it's like this rotating puzzle game where you it starts off with this cutscene and you're like this lumberjack or oh, yeah. something. Oh yeah, lumberjack. lumberjack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wonder yeah. if he likes that beer you're having. And, uh, and it... <laughs> How does he smell? <laughs> Piney, um, but but, it, but his son goes missing, and it's like okay. Oh, bad timing, Ben. I don't know what this story is. Excuse me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and for some reason, he's in these like uh, these like these, like kind of square frames, and you're like rotating the world. And something that I would have thought how it controls might have been on mobile is this game because. It's very strange in the movement where you're playing as this little guy and he's in these, as I said, like square framed, uh, like rotating puzzles. And moving him, it's like I'm playing on Nintendo Switch and you'd think that movement would be like free. You could just move him left and right liberally, but <coughs> it, every time you press like left or right, it, it, it has this kind of like delay where it's like, okay. Now he's running. Now he's running to the next because it's sort of like this like grid-like thingy, and every time you move him left or right, it's 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 very laboured, and it feels like I wanted like more freedom mm. of movement, and it's it feels a bit slow and in that sense, but and and unfortunately, it doesn't have like touchscreen controls either because you you basically have these pillars that you can move up and down, so 
if he's on like this one plane and you tilt him and then he basically falls to the bottom of the other um, plane, he, he'll right. die. It's like he, he 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 has fall damage. So it's like I need to drag this uh, this pillar across. So when I rotate the world ninety degrees, he can fall on this pillar, which is not all the way down there, and he won't fall to his death. And it, and you have to like scroll through and select with the um, uh, the shoulder like, buttons, L one and R one, whatever they are on Switch. Yeah, the shoulder buttons, and it's like it like cycles through each one. It's like I wish I could just select yeah. with my finger with touchscreen controls. It's like I want to move this one. I want to drag this one. Um, so that it doesn't feel great mm. to play, unfortunately, but the the look of it, it's it's got this really nice like I think it might be hand drawn art, very colourful, like the square frame that you're in. It's got like this, it's kind of like depth to the to the art, and it's like oh, this is very colourful and nice looking, and music's okay, um, and. The puzzles so far are just. Mm, I, I think the gameplay hinders okay. it a bit. I think that the puzzles would be more enjoyable if I had that kind of freedom of movement, that that ease of control. But um, the puzzles are okay. So you know they're okay so far. I haven't been haven't been stuck. I haven't been haven't had to think too hard. It seems like there might be multiple solutions to each mm. puzzle, which is yeah. actually quite interesting. It doesn't seem like there's just one way to to, to um to beat the game in some of these some of these puzzles which is which is which seems okay um i did look i, I think there's maybe about four worlds because so i don't know how long that runtime is going to be because i've pretty much done the first mm. two and it didn't take me that long okay. so it, it's it's one i'm going to Keep with it. I'm going to keep with it, and hopefully speak about it. In yeah, yeah. A maybe we'll, we'll, we'll get an update in, in, you know, in next week or, or in a couple of weeks when you when you've run through the yeah. the full game. So. Yeah. Cool. The only thing I was yeah. going to ask was it's just just right now the the, the controls mm. are. A bit yeah. Is it only on Switch or is it on other stuff? Yeah, I think it might be on. I think it's on everything. PC? It sounds yeah. like it would probably be better to play on PC. If you don't have touch controls, because at yeah. least then you'd have the mouse to click mm. on things, hopefully. Absolutely, Adam. Unless it makes you use the yeah. arrow keys or um, something, which would be terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but it feels like the guy should just be able to just run. I, I, I think maybe I understand why they do it because if you like accidentally say just run off a off a tall precipice and fall to your death. It doesn't seem like there's a rewind mechanic, so I guess that could be very, you know, frustrating if it's like I have to do this whole level again. But yeah, that would depend on the checkpoint, and wouldn't it? Controls are a bit weird. If it has any in the levels. Mm. Yeah, but but yeah, it looks beautiful. Yeah. Like mm. as I said, there's like some 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 depth to the to the art there, and it's like set in this very like overgrown forestry kind of world. Um, but yeah, it's. I, I don't know where the story's gonna go. I guess you'll find your son eventually, but. Um, He's hanging out yeah. with Kratos, mate, walking I'll, up I'll, mountains, I'll just fucking it. shooting <laughs> people. Oh, just be sitting there chewing on some granite. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Good. That that seems like a, a perfect place for us to uh, finish this week. Uh, we will jump back into our beers before we sign out for the episode. Lucy, um, you had two mm. beers. Did you enjoy them both? Yeah, I did. Um, and I mean, Moonwake. I'll be I'll be looking mm. looking at their beers in the future. See what they come out with. Um, it was a quintessential IPA in the fact that it was bitter. It was old school bitterness, which I miss. Um, but yeah, I grew accustomed to that bitterness, and um, it. I guess getting used to it, I, 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 I felt a bit more of that, that fruity citrus kind of taste at the start, and. It wasn't as dry as I first suspected. As I say, maybe that was just my palate mm. getting used to it. But um, despite the the weird the weird flavour text on this uh, beet brewery beer, I'd be interested to see if uh, all of their cans have that kind of flowery nonsense yes. language. Um, but yeah, that's the that's the winner. This is just a very good tasting beer. Um, had a bit of water. Uh, just to see if some of the previous beer was like clouding my judgment a bit on like if it was bitter mm. at all, and I can definitely confirm that <laughs> it's not bitter. <laughs> it's uh, it's more piney, and I think you know maybe you could conflate that with bitterness um, because yes, it is mm. really piney. Of all, of all the things that they said on the back of the can, they got that one right. They got so. one thing right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I love that like really piney resinous yeah. kind of taste as well. But um, yeah, tropical fruit flavors at the start, and it's not quite a a juice bomb, but it is very mm. fruit forward. Probably just a little bit of bitterness at the end. Not what I associate with a west coast ipa but when it tastes this good it truly doesn't matter good. that's just trivial okay. it doesn't matter so nice. yeah the uh the mm. grr from beat brewery brilliant it this week but but definitely gonna look out for more yeah. moon wake because good good uh, uh for me i i think it's probably um self-explanatory from from my um discussion of the two mm. beers that i'm gonna pick the pomona island this week, the the left-handed giant kind of as I drank it more and became a little bit more accustomed to it, um, the, the that, that that kind of like mash of flavors um, did gel a little bit more as I drank it, but only in so much that the the flavors that were butting up against each other kind of just hit this awkward middle ground. And didn't kind of give one way or the other, really. Uh, the Pomona Island was lovely. Um, the man with the four-way hips. Uh, very refreshing, very easy, full of fruit. Uh, just, a, just a lovely, light beer um, to, to, to start an evening off with. And, and not just that, but to drink kind of all night. It's, it's definitely a beer that I would have returned to again and again and again. Uh, through an evening if I'd have had more of them um, the left handed giant is yeah. a bit more of an acquired kind of taste with that and a seed it's, it's looking for people who want that 
you know, maybe not even eight and a half percent, but people who are looking for like triple IPAs or, or, or quadruples yeah. rather than doubles, it it feels bigger than it is, which is good in some ways. Great when it's a four and a half percent beer, feeling a little bit bigger. Not so much when it's an eight and a half percent beer, feeling a little bit bigger. Um, but there will be obviously people who will very much enjoy the uh, the left-handed giant. It, from what I recall of Dreamhouse, it mm. does feel like a souped-up version of that, but in a in almost this kind of like skewed kind of way, um, taking that kind of maybe more earthy sort of tone. And, and trying to find that middle ground, but creating this kind of aniseedy sort of flavour to it, which persisted, you know, even even when those two flavours kind of muddled and and weren't bashing up against it, when when my palate had got them both and was like, yeah, this is this is the flavour I'm getting. Aniseed was definitely what I was getting uh, from that, uh, even then. So it's the um, Pomona Island for me this week. Um, there nice. are beers. Uh, Adam, have you got anything you would like to finish out on? As you, as you've got no beer to talk about. Is, is there any lasting words you'd like to leave us with this week, or anything you'd like to share? Um, check out on site on the twentieth for uh, we post I did about what uh, Sucker Punch could do next after mm. Icky Island for Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, okay. I put together a few. Potential ideas for, uh, you know, options for sequels, whether they continue with mm-hmm. uh, Jin's story, because obviously we don't know how that ends yet, because we haven't played Icky Island, uh, and or if they just want to take the the ghost of something and take it elsewhere mm. in, in a kind of more maybe Assassin's Creed esque kind of uh, setting hopping kind of adventure than. You know, I've, I put together a couple of options there, so yeah, uh, please give that a read because yeah, I spent a lot of time on Wikipedia <laughs> <laughs> double checking my facts. <laughs> uh, no doubt, some of them are still wrong because it was Wikipedia I was using. Um, but it was good fun, and there's there's some good options in there. I think. Nice. Um, yeah, I'm gonna read that as someone who's not a massive fan of Sucker Punch. I mm. would like to see what fans. Of their thing, of their games, yeah. will do. Yeah. And as the person who's wearing the beanie, more protagonists with beanies, <laughs> like Delson in the fantastic, infamous Four uh, Second I, Son. Second don't, Son, yes. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to get your hopes up, but <laughs> I don't think beanies will feature much in the settings oh, I've man. suggested. <laughs> it's not burgundy, but maybe. Or Lucy. It needs to be burgundy. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they could. It's a video game after all. They can do anything they want. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Exactly. Just, that. Just, I, I think the make a <laughs> was it last light, first light. Just make that. Sec- no. Second light. First. first. Oh, I don't fucking remember. I'm pretty sure it was. That first was light. better than the. Yeah. The, 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 the that game. was the power I liked the best out of Infamous. Yes. And was the absolutely. neon. It was brilliant. Whatever yeah. that. Television broadcast one was, oh. was just like you really ran out of ideas, didn't you? And then they gave you the last power, 
after yeah. you finish the game. <laughs> it's kind of stupid. It's, you can play it See, again it if you want. I'm like, mm, no, it don't like it, a while. It almost felt like the Captain Planet of video games, wasn't it? It's was like Earth, fire, water, air, heart. You're like, oh, brilliant. Good. <laughs> I've got the heart skill. Thanks very much for that one. Yeah. That's that's the one that everyone obviously yeah. can use to destroy everything with. Perfect. You can um, destroy everything I, with love. Yeah. Um, I mean, when, I mean when you start, we talked about boyfriend dungeon. Of course you can. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you start with smoke and uh, neon, going back to concrete is a bit <laughs> underwhelming <laughs> <laughs> for the final one. Yeah. Uh, that's. It's enough ragging on that. Yeah, Ghost of Tsushima is a launch better. game. Oh God, I launch mean, window game. So, but, but the first, I, I enjoyed the first second game. To be fair, but it was the, the first infamous game. Was, the first infamous game was fantastic. Yeah. I, you uh, see, I always thought those games were five hours of good ideas stretched over like twenty hours. Oh, like, oh absolutely. I yes. just didn't gel with them any of them. Yeah. So, which is probably oh, yeah, why why first light sat quite well with you because it was the best power from Second Son. But also it was like six hours long, maybe. Yeah, yeah, something like that. And it had the more interesting characters in it, if mm-hmm. I remember yep. as well. Yeah. Absolutely, they, so, did, they did a great job of pairing the best power with the best character. Yeah. <laughs> and making so like we got something here, easy. lads. Yeah. Uh, scrap the rest. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, more of that, please, sucker punch. Thank you very much. Um, you've got tons of time after you release the, the director's cut and whatever the upgrade paths are through the mm. PlayStation Store to get whatever it is you can yeah. I'm, get. I'm really glad I'm not trying to upgrade across the consoles and I'm only trying to upgrade the PS4 version I have. That's going to be difficult enough, I think. <laughs> and adding a second console into the mix would have made it so much worse. You just yeah. think, what's going on? And that should... It's it's more it's more stark and noticeable when your competitor is doing it so seamlessly. Um, yes, and, yeah. and they don't have the positive personalities like Andrew House and stuff to hide behind the way they had before. <sighs> they, they Andrew House would at least have came out and had a very positive spin to put on all this shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that mm-hmm. would help obfuscate some of the kind of bollocks that. Agreed. Uh, whereas Jim Ryan and stuff just he doesn't have the same popular presence as it were uh, I'm sure he's a very good executive for the day to day stuff or whatever because I mean he got to where he is somehow well gonna, yeah I mean you, you I'm going to err on the side of caution here with the video game industry and say that it's for positive reasons <laughs> this time <laughs> <laughs> but you can uh, see it you can see that Andrew House would have come out and he would have given a five minute chat about it and everyone would have gone yeah, cool. All right. That's uh, Sean, Laden, <laughs> Sean Laden would have come out and given you like two sentences, and everyone would have been like, "Yeah, brilliant." No, I, I get that. Sean Laden, Jack we, Trenton, we Jack Trenton Jack would have Trenton, walked out. Yeah. He'd have just walked out. He and would gone, have gone. Hey. Would have gone, Fine. Do whatever you want, Jack. Don't worry about it. It's okay. <sighs> gone, gone from Sony of those days. Oh. Um, I know but, it's quite sad. You know, it is it is what it is now. Um anyway, there are the beers, <laughs> they are the games that we have been playing over the last week. Um and with Ghost of Tsushima upgrade probably over the next week. Uh if you would like to um come and see the, the reviews that we talk about for, for 12 minutes and, and Lucy's um, Axiom Verge 2 review which is going up soon go to outoflives.net you can get us out of lives net on Twitter to talk to us about whatever you like we have a Discord 
as well, come and chat to us and we will give you a link to come and uh, discuss games, beer, whatever you want, movies, all these sorts of things that we talk about on a daily basis. Crosswords. Um, some come talk yeah, about the uh, New York. Uh, occasionally. Bit of football. Maybe. Bit of rugby. Yeah, you know, yeah. There's loads of stuff that we, we chat about. Yeah, in, down to capitalism. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of anti-capitalism. Um, be prepared for, for that if you do join us in the Discord, which you should do. Uh, I am at Nova underscore 47 if you want to talk to me individually about stuff. Lucy is... Juicy Loose 9, literally everywhere. And Adam is? At, at Snack. APT Snack. Perfect. That is everywhere that we are. They are the spaces we inhabit. They're the games that we play. They're the beers that we have drank. For another week, we've been tanked up. Thank you for joining us. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Ciao. <laughs> www.outoflives.net